And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Welcome, everyone, to this edition. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Glad to have you all with us. We are broadcasting live to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. Looks like everything's cooperating, at least for now. And those of you who are with us live, you can join the chat over on the YouTube side of things. For Odyssey, you have to have a channel in order to participate in the chat. There's a there's a, a bit of a hoop that you've got to jump through. If you're not with us live, you can always leave a comment, and uh, anyone, anytime, can send us feedback through the email, live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com. And let's see what else. Oh, yeah, social media. This show is also available in podcast form on a number of different podcast player platforms. But you kind of miss a little bit (coughs) if you just listen to the show and you don't watch it. But that's okay. I mean, if that's your preference, more power to you. It's it's perfectly fine if you want to uh, if you want to. Just simply listen while you go about your day. We're just glad that you're here engaged in whatever way that uh, that you stick around and watch and listen and participate. and All that to say, we're glad you're here and we hope you stick around. Alright, so... One of the uh, one of the things that uh, I've been looking at, we've got the news coming out of CinemaCon all this week, which is the the conference for uh, the national the uh, North American Theater Owners Conference, Na- the other NATO. Uh, this is uh, this is the group where all of the different uh, uh, theater chains get together. And you have the studios. It's kind of like a comic con for movie theater owners. It's it's not a it's not an open to the public thing. I mean, the media goes in and they and they cover this. And you have different presentations and whatnot. It's kind of like um, well, I guess I guess it's less like a comic con and more like an advertiser upfront. In in that the studios come in and they say we we have all of these biggie wow plans and we have all of this stuff coming up and here are all the dates and you know if we if we rearrange the schedule here are the new dates and we rearrange the schedule again here are the new new dates and you know sometimes we we'll we get footage we'll get trailers so we've got we've got all of that coming out of the of the event this week and. There are a lot of people talking about what has come from the Warner Media Discovery presentation because there was also an earnings call with uh, CEO David Zaslav this week 
talking about how well they're doing and what their plans are and whatnot. And of course, one of the biggest questions for David Zaslav as the new CEO of Warner Media Discovery is what are you going to do about DC and the DC movies and the DC comics and what what's going to happen there? Because there are a lot of people who are thinking that there are some problems. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough. <coughs> so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I am by myself. I don't have guests. I... I, I I came to the conclusion of, of this topic uh, this morning. I, I actually decided on this topic a little bit too late to invite people in. But, uh, you know, at some point, they're all going to be back on Twitter, and I can just send them a note with a link and say, hey, here we go, and, and see what happens. Because there are some people that are still banned, shadow banned, diminished, but it it really is kind of interesting to see how that particular platform has changed in the last couple of days. Now, um, uh, Richard Hogue has a really good video on all of this, Hogue Law. And he's talking about the fact, because everybody on Monday was talking about how you know Elon Musk now owns Twitter. Well, he doesn't yet. There's a process involved. This is going to take a lot of time. So the official transaction apparently hasn't happened yet. Elon Musk doesn't own Twitter as of yet. They've announced, the board, the board announced that they're, they're willing to accept the offer. So now everything is going to be this process of, of the of the different steps that are involved to change ownership. So, you know, Twitter is still being being, you know, it's on it's still on the New York Times. It hasn't hit that 5420 yet, so I don't know, we'll see what happens there. But he doesn't actually own it yet, but there's been a, a number of articles and some different people discussing the fact that one, Elon Musk wants to make Twitter open source, which means anybody can look at the code, the base code, for how this thing works. And if you've got a tweak, if you've got an update, if you've got a, a plug-in you want to do, you can design that. Oh, oh, the, the software we use for broadcast here, OBS, that is an open source a uh, piece of software where anybody can design an additive. We actually have a couple of plugins here. One of the one of them that brings up our chat widget, and uh, another one is one that allows us to broadcast to multiple destinations. Both both of those are user designed plugins. So, like I can bring up this this com this comment from Dave. Wonder if there's going to be a Harkonnen sabotage within Twitter. <laughs> You know, it could it could very well be that not not necessarily not necessarily sabotage, but I think there are some people and and we've seen this uh, this discussion in a, in a couple of places. There are some concerns that people will actually figure out just what Twitter has been doing over the last four or five years to ban shadow ban and and uh, and pretty much ruin the experience for a number of people. And it could very well be speculation is 
that they're changing and resetting the algorithm and the censorship algorithms and the and the codes that shadow ban people in anticipation of other ownership and basically getting rid of the evidence. Oh no, we haven't shadow banned anybody because it, look, there's nothing there's nothing in the code that shadow bans anybody. It's because we just took it out. But at some point, everything freezes. Everything gets locked and you can't make any changes or whatnot. And it's, it's entirely possible that they're making all of these changes before that goes into effect or ostensibly before it goes into effect. It could very well be that they're cheating. I'm not saying they are. But if the code gets gets changed back to what it was before people started getting shadow banned and, and and suspended and deleted and whatnot. I'm seeing a lot of accounts that I haven't seen in a while and a lot of them are popping in and saying, hey, I I suddenly dis- I suddenly discover that I can use my Twitter account again and people are starting to see the things what I post. Imagine that. Funny how that works. So We'll see. We'll see. I think even just the the idea of someone else owning Twitter, not necessarily not necessarily Elon Musk, but a a a, a free speech advocate, at least in the public eye. <coughs> I don't know how he is privately. But he's he's very, very open and very vocal and very active in his support for free speech and Twitter as, as a potential for the public square and, and a, a free speech environment. And we're already seeing the impact of even the possibility that he could own Twitter. So it's going to be really interesting to watch, and I do recommend that you go look at Richard's uh, video on it. He's going... He's, He's continuing to cover it. I think he's done like three or four videos now so far on this. And uh, he's, uh, he's a smart guy. So go check that out. Hogue Law. H-O-E-G. Hogue Law is, uh, is his. Uh, Keely says, I would love for Elon Musk to buy the CW and shares of AT&T stock, Warner Brothers Discovery stock, and Paramount stock. <laughs> well... One, you know, what they what does they say on on Knight Rider? One man can make a difference, but you know he's he's got some priorities. I, Warner Brothers, I think, just at first blush, I think Warner Brothers is going to be in good hands. Warner Media, <coughs> Warner Warner Media Discovery. And by extension, the CW, uh, I think they're going to do okay. We're going to talk about that a little bit today because the stuff that I'm seeing out of CinemaCon presents a, 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 a particular picture, but also the articles that we've had here in the last couple of weeks in the wake of the deal closing and what David Zaslav has been doing behind the scenes in the executive suites and, and making some changes and, and announcing plans. I think they might end up on the right track. Now, having said that, 
David Zaslav has an uphill battle, I think. And now this is I wanted I want to preface this. This is a completely well, it's not completely uninformed, but I am on the outside looking in. I will I will admit that I don't have sources on the inside telling me things. By the way, I want sources on the inside telling me things. So if anybody knows anybody, just say it. I don't have any any inside information or scoops or anything like that. All right, Dave, good to see you. You got to run. Catch you on the flip side, as they used to say. This is a little CB talk. <coughs> I still have a CB. Oh, that's the that's okay. I need to write that down. That's something I need to look up. All right, so 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 David Zaslav comes in, and he's going to be uh, he's going to be running things on the the Warner Brothers side. At least for a while, he's moved into an office over there, and now you've got. the CinemaCon presentation for Warner Brothers, and we get some information about some different footage that that was shown and some different, some trailer. We got a trailer for The Flash. <coughs> we have, uh, we have a first look at Margot Robbie as, ba as, as Barbie. I, I just, why are we doing that movie? I don't know. I think your other, Part of it now is the fact that with the executive shakeup, with the changes in the C-suite, Warner Brothers now faces the same issue that Disney was looking at with John Carter. Because everybody who was involved in greenlighting John Carter was gone by the time John Carter went into production. And nobody knew what to do with this thing. I... I, I highly recommend that you read the book John Carter and the Gods of Hollywood because it details not only the problems with this particular adaptation of Princess of Mars, but all of the different attempts to adapt the Barsoom series going back decades. And it's it's a it's a very interesting read, but it's also disheartening to know that there's such a problem adapting this IP. It's a it's a sad tale. And and there's a lot in that book of things what happened that didn't necessarily need to happen. But uh, yeah, the the uh, John Carter and the Gods of Hollywood. I highly recommend that. It's very informative. It's very educational to see just some of the mechanization, some of the machinations that go on behind the scenes in Hollywood. And and Warner Brothers is now facing that same dilemma. You know, David Zaslav has inherited a slate of films and television shows and other entertainment media. And he has to decide, okay, what are we going to do with it? And David Zaslav, by all accounts, is a numbers guy, is a results guy. 
You see what happened with CNN Plus. Not even around for, what, 21 days? It lasted less time than Queeby. And CNN Plus, gone. What's going to happen to CNN? You know, Zaslav said, we want, Z- we want CNN not to be an advocate network. We're going to focus on news. He's going to bring in a guy who's a news guy. And this is, this is what our focus is going to be on CNN. Because in the beginning, back when we first heard James Earl Jones say for the first time, this is CNN, back then... CNN was known as a uh, as a news network. It, it it was a premier news network. They were the best in town at what they did at the time. After the longest while, the last five, six, ten years, they've been coasting on that reputation, but they haven't been doing anything to earn it lately. Zaslav comes in. There are going to be changes. And I think that's going to happen over on the, the Warner Media side, the Warner Brothers side as well, because we've already got articles saying that he's thinking about carving out DC Entertainment all by itself as its own unit, very similar to what Disney's relationship to Marvel is. Hello, Mazurus. Good to see you in the chat. And if he does that, if he carves out DC altogether the films and the comic books and the graphic novels and the merchandise and the t-shirts and the and the and the lunch boxes and whatnot and DC entertainment because it becomes its own thing within the Warner Media Discovery umbrella then i think you have an opportunity to revamp all of it because one of the things that Marvel has made a mistake on and, and people have talked about this, is the fact that the movies and the television shows are not vertical to the comics. You don't have a vertical line. You don't have a vertical product line. Because if I go to the, if I go to the movies and I go and see Tony Stark, Iron Man, and I go see Thor, and I go see you know, uh, uh, Avengers and all these different things, and then I go to the comic book shop, I don't see the same characters in the comic books. Not only that... But Marvel is not using, well, Marvel and DC, neither one, are using those movies to promote their comic books, which is the underlying intellectual property that that drives everything. Jim Lee made that point when he became the sole publisher at DC Comics after Dan DiDio was fired. He said, you know, DC Comics is not going away. Without DC Comics, you don't have the movies. Well, okay, let's see that. And hopefully David Zaslav understands that without the DC comics, you don't have the DC films. And there needs to be some synergy between those two, whether it's putting the comic books in a display in the lobby whenever you have a Batman movie show up, or a Wonder Woman, or a Justice League, or whatever. Do something that drives people to the comic book shops. Or comicsology. I mean, if you if you really are going to, you know, put a put a, a bullet in the head of the comic book shops, then promote comicsology. So 
that's that's part of it. Uh, Keely says, all I want to know is how is how does Discovery Family Channel is making money for Discovery before and after the merger? Well, Discovery is making money. See, that's the thing. Is Zaslav already has proven himself to be successful at managing a whole slew of networks and making them profitable. And that that becomes the bottom line is the fiduciary duty to the shareholders. You know, he's already come out and he says, we're not going to play spending wars with all of the streaming services. We're not going to overspend ourselves. And you see what's going on with Netflix right now. You know, we're going to set realistic goals. We're going to spend what we need to spend, not, you know, overextend ourselves and spread things so thin that we don't survive. Which is smart. So he comes in and now he's saying, okay, what's our, what are our, what are our assets? And Warner Brothers right now has two really big franchises that has have the potential for big box office dollars. The DC Comics films and the Harry Potter films. And because of politics, we've gotten subpar, substandard Harry Potter prequels in Fantastic Beasts. And this last one, nobody wanted to see. Nobody's got any interest in. A 67% drop from week to week from week one to week two. And it didn't even do that well the first week. I mean, Fantastic Beast 3 is a bomb. For whatever reason. You know, the fact that Johnny Depp's not in it. The fact that made Dumbledore gay. Who cares? It doesn't matter. David Zaslav's going to look at it and he says, it didn't make money. This can't happen. We're here to make money for our shareholders. We're here to make a profit for our business. Because without profit, we have no business. I wonder... I wonder what would happen. You know what I, you know what I ought to do, Mrs. Boss? You know what I ought to do? I ought to get a copy of the Ferengi Rules of Acquisition and send a copy to David Zaslav's office and say, just in case you don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got a copy. But maybe every executive needs the Ferengi Rules of Acquisition on the shelf next to the Art of War from Sun Tzu. There's another one. Um, there's there's another couple of books. The Wizard of Ads uh, is another one. It's really really good because it's it's simple, easy to understand fundamentals of marketing to your customer base and your potential customer base. That's the that's the thing here. Is you know, and I've said it before, Harrison Ford has it right. They're not fans, they're customers. And David Zaslav has got a responsibility to sell a product to customers. And the Harry Potter franchise has to get back on track. The DC 
franchise has to get back on track. And I think the Harry Potter franchise doesn't have as much of a challenge ahead of it because there wasn't as much damage done prior to that. I mean, yeah, you've got the whole J.K. Rowling thing and whatever. But, you know, as we're seeing now, Johnny Depp's reputation took a big hit based on false accusations and 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 whatever you may think of any anything that's going on there you know and and Tim Harvey and I were talking about it the other day Amber Heard and Johnny Depp neither one of them are rays of sunshine in all of this 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 whole thing that's been out there for the public to to see neither one of them are great people for whatever reason, I mean, you have you have anything else, you know, with regard to with regard to Depp. I mean, he's clearly the victim in this particular situation. Now, whether or not he's a good guy all the time, who knows? But his career took a hit because of all of this mess. And if I'm David Zaslav. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the decision to replace Mr. Depp in the Fantastic Beast movie as, as a mistake. Maybe. Maybe he's thinking that. I don't know. I would certainly think that you hey, you I I get it. You cut ties with these people because you don't want the hassle. In which case you have another couple of people that you've got to evaluate on that. Right? What do you do? How do you solve a problem like Amber Heard and Ezra Miller? More on that when we get back. Stand by. We are vengeance. We are the night. We are sci-fi for me. like okay hold on you've got somebody and all he does is put on some glasses and slicks back his hair and nobody knows who he is nobody recognizes him it's 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 like that that uh that scene in in the green lantern movie where she looks at him and it's like how you know like you just put on a mask and you expect me not to recognize you the h2o podcast monday night at eight only on sci-fi for me tv Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here along with all of you. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things I do not envy... David Zaslav at all at this point because he's got quite he's got quite a situation on his hands that he has inherited sure and he's got to figure out his you know what's what's the end game how do we get out of it <clears throat> and with regard to Ezra Miller you have now somebody 
He got arrested a second time out on the island of Hawaii. Apparently, this has been an ongoing thing. He's got mental issues, maybe? I don't know. I mean, how, how do you evaluate something like that without professional evaluation? Who, it, it, all of us could sit there and say, Ezra Miller is de- demonstrating this behavior and this behavior and this behavior, and we could all be armchair psychologists and start diagnosing things without really knowing what's going on. And that would be a mistake. Not only from the standpoint of, you know, doing harm to Miller's reputation. I mean, Miller's Miller's doing that already. <coughs> but I'm not going to sit there and start throwing labels out and and try to try to armchair quarterback this thing because I don't know Ezra Miller's circumstances. There could be an, a, a perfectly good reason why all of this is going on. But for Ezra Miller to get arrested twice after that video showed up from Iceland last year, I think it was, where he chokes the, chokes the woman. I mean, you've got incident after incident after incident. At what point does Warner Brothers, what, what point does Warner Media and David Zaslav look at this and say, we can't move forward with this guy? Ezra Miller is toxic to the box office. You got you got to think in terms of business. If you have an employee that is acting in a manner that does harm to the reputation of the company, you have to take steps. And it could very well be that they sit down with Ezra and they sit there and they say, "Okay, you've got to go to counseling. You got you you're maybe maybe there's time served, maybe there's, you know, who knows." probation, whatever. I don't, I don't know what the, what the outcome is going to be. But Warner Brothers sits there and says, you're going into rehab. You're going into therapy. You're going to do something because we can't afford for you to be out here in public damaging our reputation because... Ezra Miller is the Flash. For whatever reason. But for now, Ezra Miller is the Flash. And you have a problem, you have a potential problem when it comes to promoting the Flash because what's going to happen when the movie comes out, the premiere happens, the red carpet and all of this, and you got all of the press junket, and the promotional tours they got to do. And Ezra Miller gets asked about getting arrested. What happens then? And I have to wonder. How much is Warner Brothers going to put up with Ezra Miller. And what's happening in real life. Because you can only do so much. I mean, you look, you look at what happened with Will Smith. As soon as he's assaulted Chris Rock, there are percussion, repercussions. There are, there are consequences. You know, Bad Boys 4 gets put on hold. There's a couple of other projects that said, okay, we're going we're gonna to stop and reevaluate. There was immediate response. 
Ezra Miller has now been arrested a second time, and Warner Brothers hasn't said anything that I've seen anywhere. It could it it, it could be that I've missed it, but I haven't seen anything yet. How do you solve a problem like Ezra Miller? Do you fire the guy? Do you? I mean. The Flash was supposed to be the reset button for the entire DC film universe. At least it was before the merger. And now the people who were maneuvering all of that into place are not there anymore. And Sarnoff is gone. Walter Hamada could be gone soon. Toby Emmerich's still there. But what do you do? Because the Warner Brothers... The Warner Brothers brand, you know, the, the, the DC films, have been hit and miss. People like some, people don't like others. You know, you've got the Snyderverse, you've got David Ayer's stuff... You've got Joker sitting out here, and, and we're hearing that they want to do more stuff like the Joker. This, this, whatever this is that J.J. Abrams is doing, the black Superman thing with Ta-Nehisi Coates writing, apparently is going to be in that vein. Um, which, I have no idea if that's actually going to be a thing. Um, I'm really hoping it's not. Uh, this account, Master of the TDS, uh, there are details of the upcoming Superman movie written by Tiny Easy Coates. Details were handed to me by a source who wants to remain anonymous. I can't verify them, so please take them as rumor for now. Um, and according to this rumor, the project was originally intended to be a period piece. Final draft submitted by Coates recently is not a period piece. It's not about a black Superman being a victim of racism. Rather, it uses Superman's alien heritage as a parallel to racism. This Superman is inspired from Golden Age version. At the beginning of the movie, Superman can leap tall buildings in a single bound, but later he will learn to fly. He also lacks heat vision, frost breath, and x-ray vision. Also described it moving at Mach 7. Lois Lane, written with an Asian actress in mind. Perry White is written as an African-American man. Jimmy Olsen is described as a freckled redhead. Hey, look at that. Jimmy Olsen is going to stay a redhead. <clears throat> uh, film is currently utilizing the Golden Age version of the Ultra-Humanite as the antagonist. Uh, being written as an awards contender rather than a regular superhero film. It portrays Superman as a champion of the oppressed. The government hates him, but the people love him. So that, you know, that's one of those, let's make it like Joker, you know, the art house film instead of a regular blockbuster billion dollar baby like, uh, you know, like they were hoping to get from Snyder. And Ta-Nehisi Coates is the wrong guy to be writing a Superman movie, in my opinion. Uh, he, is, he is a racist. He is a, a progressive political activist. And you read some of the stuff that he's written in The Atlantic, for example. He is, he's got some definite opinions about 
things what going on in America, and he is the last guy that I would have writing a Superman movie. But he's he's the guy writing a black Superman movie. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Mazers asked, reset button how? So, uh, the Flash movie was supposed to be the reset and get rid of all of the Snyderverse, except for the parts they like, which is Jason Momoa's Aquaman and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Henry Cavill was going to be gone. Ben Affleck was going to be gone. They're basically resetting the table with all brand new everything. You have Sasha Cowley coming in as Supergirl. And and this is a very specific Supergirl. This is not this is not Lara. Uh, this is not Superman's cousin Lara. Uh, this is this is uh, Clark Kent's daughter from a different timeline. I think it's Lana Lana Lane Kent. I think um, at least that's what she looks like. And then you've got uh, 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 Cholo Maraduena who's playing Blue Beetle, and you've got. Uh, uh, Leslie Grace playing Batgirl, and some of the comments have been basically we're taking all of the younger generation and we're going to move forward with them. So basically a live-action Young Justice type of thing where you have the younger superheroes replacing the classic superheroes. So Superman's gone, Supergirl's in. Batman's gone, Blue Beetle's in. Wonder Woman's gone. Who knows? And you've got Aquaman, and where do you go? I mean, it's kind of a mess. You've got Shazam, Shazam 2, Black Adam is coming. The DC stuff is all over the map. So now there has to be, in the midst of promoting the stuff that's already in production, that's already in the pipeline, that's already being finished, you also have to strategize on what else we're going to do. What comes next? Because there was this whole plan when Zack Snyder was running things that completely fell apart. For whatever reason, completely fell apart. And then you have people like Ann Sarnoff who apparently don't like the Snyderverse and want to replace the Snyderverse. So the Flash movie was supposed to reset everything. We're going to get, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman was going to die. And we're going to get Michael Keaton back as older Batman, maybe do a maybe do a Batman Beyond type of thing where we get older Bruce Wayne as a mentor to Leslie Grace's Batgirl instead of instead of Terry McGinnis. No plans for the air cut to ever show up. You know, so all of, all of these different things. And, you know, you look at what was going on over in DC Comics side of things. You have the, you know, the 5G, the new generation of heroes. They're about to do the whole death of the Justice League thing. And you've got all new versions of the, you know, Green Lantern and Flash and, and Batman and Super Superman and Wonder Woman. You know, you've got Yara Floor, who's who's pretty much the breakout character of that set. And in the right hands, people are saying, in the right hands, in the right writer, Yara Floor is a pretty solid character. It's pretty much like America Chavez over on, on the Marvel side of things. With the right writer, 
you can do some pretty interesting things with the character. Of course, that's true for any character. If you have the right writer, you can do things with characters. And if Yara Floor ends up coming into the DC film universe, okay, you got to do it right, though. And if it's me, I'm thinking... Okay, if we're going to introduce Yara Floor as, as a Wonder Girl, because there was originally a plan for her to get a TV series before her book ever even hit the shelves, so somebody has, has had the conversation about Yara Floor on screen somehow. Because originally there was a plan for a Wonder Girl TV series on the CW and that got scrapped. So somebody's discussed the potential of it. So it could come back. If Yara Floor comes back as a Wonder Girl in the movies, who do you cast? Rachel Zegler? Selena Gomez? Who do you get to play Yara Floor? And how do you how do you re-strategize and how do you restructure your DC entertainment arm, so it's making a profit, and it's focused on telling good stories that entertain, and people will buy it, and you will make money. That's the crux of it. Because there are all sorts of different ideas of what kinds of stories you could tell. I mean, the potential is limitless. But you have to have a plan. And you have to stick to the plan. One of the things, you know, however much you want to say that the Marvel stuff is all formula, Kevin Feige has a plan. And I know at the very beginning they were sitting there saying, oh, we didn't have a plan. We didn't know we were going to do this. Believe me, it, Kevin Feige had a plan. Whether it was an official thing or not, or if it was just, you know what would be cool is if we did this and then did this and then did this. There was a plan. Feige had an idea from the very beginning. Whether it was an official plan at that point or not, Feige had an idea where he wanted to take this thing, and he's been doing it. Now we hear <coughs> there is not going to be a Kevin Feige type of person in charge of DC. My guess is that David Zaslav is going to take that himself and sit there and ride herd on all of this stuff and say, all right, show me the plan. What's the plan to get DC in a prestige position that's making bank? Where are my billion dollar babies in capes? Because that's, that's the bottom line. How do we make our shareholders money? And if you have characters played by actors who have public reputation damage, which can spill over to your company and affect your bottom line in the terms of box office, you cut your losses. If I'm David Zaslav, and I'm not... I mean, if you want to hand me the reins to a, to a big multi-billion dollar corporation, I'll say no thanks. But if it's me, 
and I have this potential for my movie to not do well because of who's in it, then that person's not in it anymore. One of the first things that I would expect Zaslav to do, I don't, I don't think he will, it won't be public, it won't be some big demonstration or anything like that. I mean, they're not going to take Amber Heard and Ezra Miller out in the middle of the town square and, and string them up or anything like that. They're, they're not going to do, do that. They're not going to attack them publicly. They're not going to say anything. There won't be any comment. But they will probably, and this is a guess, again, I'm on the outside looking in. This is just me spitballing here, but my guess is they don't renew the contracts for either one of them. Now, however the public reacts to that, you know, the media being the media, and people like Grace Randolph being Grace Randolph, and people like Andy Signore being Andy Signore, there, there are going to be people talking about it. It'll come out. Whether Zaslav makes a big pronouncement or not, it'll be out there. And a lot of people are calling for her to get fired. She's in Aquaman too, Lost Kingdom. But that movie's already in the pipeline. You can't just cancel it. Oh, wait, I guess you could. That's what they just did to Bill Murray's next movie. Halfway through shooting and they shut the whole thing down because he's pulling a ponytail? Really? This is... There's more to that story than, than we know, I'm sure. Ezra Miller has been arrested for assault. I think some decisions need to be made about Ezra Miller and Amber Heard. What about says calling for her firing and nothing happens proves that people don't influence decisions. To a point, I will agree with you what about, but I also will will call your attention and remind you of the public outcry when Sonic the Hedgehog's first trailer came out and people went, <gasps> what is this monstrosity? <clears throat> and granted, that's not, you know, hey, there's an actor that needs to be fired, but it is an example of the filmmaker and the studio making a decision to listen to the customer and make a, a fairly significant investment in changing the product based on the preliminary feedback. It can happen. I'm not saying it happens a lot, but it can happen. And Sonic the Hedgehog, that whole franchise, is proof that when you do something with the intent of appealing to the customer and the already established fan base, people who have a vested interest in being entertained by this thing, we want to satisfy them. And so if you make the effort to satisfy them by giving them what they want-ish, within reason, you make money. 
you succeed. You sell your product. I have a widget. I go out and I take a survey of a lot of different people and say, hey, I have a widget. This widget will do this, 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 and that. And people sit there and say, well, we want more of that. This, not so much. This doesn't do me any good. But that, that I can use. So I make a that widget instead of a this widget, and I sell a bunch of widgets. It's like, it's like Ethan Van Skyver talked about, we're making hot dogs. If I, if I have a hot dog stand, and you come up and you say, hey, I want a hot dog, and I hand you an ice cream cone, you're not going to come back. If you come up and you say you want a hot dog and I hand you liverwurst, you're not going to come back. You come up and you ask for a hot dog and I hand you a hot dog, then it better be a good hot dog because if it's a hot dog you don't like, it could be cold. Maybe I'm using the wrong kind of mustard. Maybe you don't like the relish. Okay, <laughs> you don't like the relish? Here, let me give you one without relish. How do you like the hot dog? If I make an effort to give you the product that you're expecting, and it's a good faith effort, that's the other part of this, if it's a good faith effort to deliver the product that the customer wants, even if I miss the mark by a little bit, there's still a recognition on the, on, the, on the part of the customer. The customer recognizes, at least you tried. And there's a chance you'll come back and give me a second chance. And maybe I'll get it right the second time because now I have your feedback. You tell me what worked and what didn't. Okay, let me make an adjustment. But... On the broad scale, when it comes to the DC movies, they are so all over the place. How do you make that adjustment for the customer? You keep what works, you jettison what doesn't work, and you completely rearrange. But you've got to do it in a way that still moves the franchise forward. You can't just take a, take a break. My recommendation, my suggestion would be you just stop everything after the, one, the ones that are in the, pro, the production pipeline now. You stop everything after that. And you reevaluate everything that's in pre-production and say, is this going to sell tickets? Is this part of a broad overall strategy that will, that will work for us? Does that involve Michael Keaton in the and the primary Batman role? Probably not. And I'm really looking forward to seeing that trailer for The Flash. But at the same time, it's Ezra Miller playing The Flash. And how much is this series of arrests and assault charges and allegations... How much is that going to do harm to the box office for that movie? And if this movie is set to reset everything 
and it leaves the DC film universe in a state that is not part of the plan anymore, now you have to reset things again. Now, Mikey Sutton over at Geekosity says that Zaslav and Warner Brothers have no plans to replace Henry Cavill as Superman. That's good. Henry Cavill can play Superman. I've yet to see Henry Cavill play Superman, but he's got the physique for it, and if he gets the right script, I think he'd be a decent Superman. He needs a chance to play Superman. Is Ben Affleck done? Well, originally we heard Ben Affleck's Batman was going to die in this movie. Then we heard, no, he's not. Because Ben Affleck actually enjoyed playing playing Batman this time. So is Batfleck coming back? Are we going to get more Ben Affleck as Batman? Probably not. But they're not going to kill him off, which means the potential is there. Now, we did get the announcement at CinemaCon that Robert Pattinson's Batman is getting a sequel. So there's that. But now... Where do you go? Because Barry Keoghan got arrested in Dublin. So, do we want to go forward with a Joker with, again? Personally, I want to see Mr. Freeze. Nicolas Cage came out and said, I want to play Egghead. Give me Nicolas Cage as, Ed as Egghead. Can you imagine Nicolas Cage as Egghead in that environment, in that story universe, that's going to be dark. And you could be in that universe. You do it in a way that actually makes sense. You got you to gotta, you gotta write it right. But Nick Cage as Egghead? Sure, bring it. Let me see it. I want to see the Flash trailer because I want to see Michael Keaton in the bat suit again saying, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Because apparently that's how the trailer ends. I want to see this trailer. But I don't want to see this trailer because Ezra Miller's playing Flash. I want to see this trailer because I want to see Michael Keaton in the bat suit again. And if Warner Brothers is smart, and if David Zaslav is smart, the marketing people are sitting down and saying, all right, all of the trailers... Now, for all of the times that I have always complained about now with more Batman, this is the one time that you get away with it and use all of the marketing and all of the promotion to, to focus on Michael Keaton coming back as Batman and, oh yeah, Ezra Miller's playing Flash. You keep the attention off Ezra Miller because every time you put Ezra Miller's name out there in the media in front, there is the potential for somebody to sit there and ask, what about this arrest in Hawaii? What about this restraining order? What about this incident? What about this incident? You remove the opportunity to embarrass the company.
Keeley says, I'd love for you to watch the trailer for the Batman with the Adam West Batman. I've seen it. It's brilliant. Uh, I, we, we, I posted the link on, where did I post it? I think I posted it to our Facebook page and our, and our Twitter account. It is brilliant. The guys over at Corridor did really, really, really well with that. Uh, and I've seen the behind the scenes thing. It took them a week and it's, it's very well done. I, I don't know that I would sit and watch an entire movie with it. Because ultimately, <clears throat> ultimately, that visual tone doesn't necessarily work with Adam West's Batman. But the trailer is brilliant. Now, I would love to see that Batmobile on the big screen. No question. And maybe we will in The Flash because it's a multiverse story. There's rumor... That we might get a Christopher Reeve cameo. We might get a Linda Carter cameo. Maybe we get an Adam West cameo. Who knows? Jackson Bostwick is Captain Marvel. One could hope. It's probably too much to ask. We'll see. But David Zaslav has a challenge ahead of him. And I do not envy him. I'm curious to see how he's going to set this all up and, and deliver because they're going to have to deliver. The expectations are high. Fix this. What do they do? Where do they go from here? Who knows? But it will be interesting to watch. Have your popcorn ready because... David Zaslav is just getting started. And we are just wrapping up. That's the end of this hour, so we're going we're gonna to clear out. Uh, I do thank everybody for being here. If you have thoughts about this or any other topic, you want to leave, uh, leave us a comment, send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Also, if you want to connect with us over on the social media platforms we are everywhere ish except for tiktok and tumblr and snapchat we're not there and won't be so uh anyway uh i i see Mazerus is having having a uh having a cat with some gastrointestinal issues <laughs> Mazes, i don't i don't envy you your task either uh there there's all our social media there's all the different video platforms where you can find us i do encourage you to check us out on odyssey and uh and follow us there we're trying to build that one up because even even if even if elon musk were to buy youtube he's not going but it never hurts to spread out a little bit you know don't put all your eggs in one basket so uh do sign up for their newsletter connect with us on socials and we will be back to do this all again tomorrow thursday at 1 p.m eastern and don't forget also we've got good morning multiverse saturday morning <sighs> remember there are four lights this has been a presentation of sci-fi for me radio 
Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.